You're listening to Health 4.0 Leadership Podcast with your host, Namratha Bagaria. Welcome to Health 4.0 Leadership Podcast. My name is Dr. Namrata Bagaria and I'm your host. My guest today is Professor Shafi Bhuiya. Professor is an assistant professor at University of Toronto's Dalalana School of Public Health. He is in the Department of Clinical Public Health and Social and Behavioral Health. He's also the co-founder of ITMD program, which is an international medical doctor bridging, bridge training program at Ryerson's. Welcome, Professor. Thank you. Uh, 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 it's very uh, great pleasure to meet you, uh, Dr. Namorita. And uh, 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 let's chat. Yeah, so usually the first question I always ask most my guests is, where are you in the present health ecosystem and what are your top three mandates? Uh, actually, I would like to share the viewers and listeners that I'm a medical doctor uh, born and brought up in Bangladesh, uh, but my journey is not uh, as straightforward. So I uh, trained for a medical uh, profession for trained patients, but actually I end up now with the program administrator and teaching global health. So there is a story uh, behind it. So if I want to say my journey, uh, I start this undergrad medical school in Bangladesh, but uh, started my uh, public health uh, uh, study to support maternal child health or to address urban solutions. So I did my MPH in urban health in Thailand, Mahidu University, one of the renowned universities in Southeast Asia. And uh, journey just started uh, from clinical to the preventive medicine. And I saw public health is a political football. I need to learn more. That interests me and I was hungry, then I studied the uh, other things to go to Japan for PhD, postdoc, and that journey never ends. So basically, I born in Bangladesh, but I study in Thailand, Mahidu University, Osaka University, Japan. And also, I, as an immigrant, I came to this country, I think, doctor, public health, research scientist is not only way to survive, you need to have uh, some leadership skill and also you have some business model in your mind to be succeed. Then I start MBA in Ryerson Treasurer Business School, and then now I'm here. So my three mandate is passionate to serve people and to build capacity of the health human resource and to work with collaboration so that we can break down the silos and we can create more productive uh, to uh, to our, to address our societal needs. That's what I'm working on. Wonderful. And you've had an extensive career across many geographies. So my next question is, what were your top three challenges and what are you doing about them now? So as you know, the uh, being an immigrant, uh, uh, just I just came to this country around 2010. My experience shows uh, immigrant people mostly struggling with the mentorship, proper leadership, and also support system to follow your dream. 
So that is not there. That is why I think uh, I need to work on, and that's why I start thinking how to help support these new immigrant health professionals who are the most brilliant people coming to this country. And I bail the program in collaboration with friends and colleagues that is called ITMD Preach Training Program to support medical doctors uh, for professional networking, capacity building, and other skill and competency building, and they can find their way to connect to the health system so that health system can be improved. And also, uh, we can work together with different organizations, those who are working for the health, and you know, it's a multicultural society, the health system is far behind, uh, 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 like 50 years, 50, 100 years ago, the bill at the time, not much immigrant was involved in the health system. Now, as a, a supply side or demand side, whatever we think, there is a huge mixture of culture diversity. But in the service providing sector, we are not yet there. So I think there is a huge need to fill up this gap. On, on the other hand, the immigrants, uh, health professionals coming to this country, they're also not getting jobs. That's the, that's the double standard. So uh, at one hand, um, the health system needs support. On the other hand, uh, the immigrants also need jobs, but it's not matching somewhere. So there is a disconnect. So my job is to train uh, health human resource and to connect the people with the right channel and to show them professional leadership and communication skill so that they can succeed, they can showcase themselves. So here we are and how we can do and help support our community to move forward. Wow, I can attest to whatever you're saying myself. I've had a similar journey and we spoke yeah. briefly about this. I came to Canada yeah. less than three years ago and uh, initially, uh, yes, I agree that uh, the health or the public health system, although on one side there is a lot of shortage of skill, there is lack of openness or desire to have people from other countries. And uh, I can attest to it. Uh, it's 100% true. And sometimes it's not even, it's not even, uh, how do I say, accepted it's not yeah. accepted i think not it's right. just a, it's a big denial and and yeah. for me the federal government's uh, immigration program and the local hiring where there's focus on canadian experience which is okay you can have a focus there through volunteer work or whatever but there's a huge gap and that's what led to me my own journey where i was here i initially looked for work i entered a university system doing a phd and while doing that now making a company and doing podcasts because you got to do your own you know, you got to move your own door or whatever is the whatever is the proverb that you have. So, with this uh, background of challenges um, and and the work that you're doing in leadership in 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 bridging the supply demand of a health system, what do you think should be the vision of a new new uh, post COVID health system? What do you think health 4.0, according to you, looks like? Thank you. It's very uh, 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 important issue, actually how we see ourselves where we are now. And COVID, frankly speaking, exposed our uh, brokenness of health system, not only Canada, many parts of the world. Uh, we used to listen to hallway medicine, this and that. Uh, I can tell you now, we are not uh, our get out of that, right? Still, you can see in the street, uh, our and our people waiting for doing some get tested. 
we have nothing scarcity, but still system is not so efficient as we expect, right? So I think uh, uh, health system required to be rearranged uh, or reorganized. The old model, what we have before, is not gonna work anymore because post-COVID give us a two important uh, principle if we learn uh, or we accept or whatever. One is uh, adopt. Second is the collaboration. So the existing problem will be continue if we never change or adopt a new system, number one. Number two, we need to collaborate. Not a single system we can sustain or survive or efficient enough to support the societal needs. You need to have a education health joint program. You need to work together collaboratively. And as a part of that, I am lucky as a health professional, I'm also educator. So I have a different role. Like one is a teaching role, another is the research role, another is a program administration role. In my three roles, the main objective is to build capacity of health human resource in this country. So I think uh, we need to include diversity in the work in the health system, then his system will be more stronger. And second thing in my research, I do the health promotion, global health promotion. As you may know that I am very keen about the women empowerment through health promoting, utilizing to health promoting tool. Uh, what is the tool? Tool is the maternal child handbook. It may be analog, maybe digital. If you go back to the history a little bit, Japan also was in 1970, there was a poor country. They're taking the support from the WHO or World Bank. But now look at the Japan now. They are the top, uh, one of the top most maternal child achiever. So how they did it? They promote health from the community level. They improve the insurance system. They improve the social structure and they incorporate so many midwives and nurses in addition to the doctors. So their health, elite health force is very stronger. System is very, um, uh, 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 what do you call, sustainable. So that's why they are making. The same thing in Canada, we are proud uh, OECD country and the G8 nations. We also need to develop our, our um, health system by incorporating highly educated where Canada is very much in an advantage stage thousands of medical professional, doctors, nurses, midwives, they're coming abroad to Canada to settle, to stay as a, their dream country, to make their next generation brighter and brilliant success in their life. So Canada can easily take this advantage. You could imagine one medical doctor like you and other people already spend uh, thousands of thousand dollars to be educated to come to this point. But Canada saved this around half million dollar, not investing single dollar for your such academic accomplishment. Canada only can take the advantage of these people to take in um, these leaders in the system so that they can use their multidisciplinary talent, like you are a doctor, but now you have an IT expert. Now artificial intelligence, AI, big data, all we, we, can, we, we can engage our internationally trained professionals so that we can succeed. As I said, I'm also leading the uh, global health research for next generation uh, through the organization we call Canadian Coalition for Global Health Research. I'm the board chair last two years, and we are developing a framework strategy next five years, how we can engage young generation 
or their capacity build because it's a one world. Uh, we have to we have to think uh, globally, act locally. So we are training the capacity building of these people. That's why my mixing of work uh, in education and health sector, I think uh, valuable to improve uh, capacity of our next generation, to improve capacity of the new immigrant health professionals so that they can find their way. They know wh what they need to expect. They know where they have to go. They can show their ability. So this uh, collaboration actually will help actually strengthen our health system to move forward next ne next level. I think what you said is very interesting in many folds because fundamentally looking from outside the system, which I'm not in the system, in the health system, what I mean is yeah. fundamentally there is a shift in the mindset. So any kind of change, whether it's at a, at a top level or at a, an organizational level, like at, at the ministerial level or the organizational level, takes a long time. And one of the ways to do these changes is like, for example, doing a podcast like this, you know, create that awareness, create the demand. But I also feel, I think one of the things which Canada offers, and, I, and this is kind of a paradox or ironical, like when I was not in Canada, I would look at a lot of Canadian public health guidelines, like school health and this and that. And I would always be in awe, like, wow, this is awesome. And I wish I could move to Canada and work in public health. And guess what? I never got work in public health for many reasons. And it's okay because I'm still now in, in, a, in a different way here. I found my path, but not everybody who comes here has that kind of resilience. And especially if you come here as a family, I didn't come as a family. I just came by myself. So there's more agility in what I could do and how I could do with the resources, because a lot of people then end up getting jobs at the grocery stores or at, at some kind of uh, restaurants, because that's what you need to do to initially pay your bills. And I think that's one of the advantage loss that Canada definitely faces. And I'm not an expert in this, but I think there's also an acknowledgement that's happening at, across the system that the way the Canadian health system overall is like, I'm, I'm a beneficiary of it and I can tell you it's amazing. It's one of the best systems to receive care, but the time to receive that care is enormous and coming from a country like I come from Mumbai, India, I was used to having everything on my app. Like I, I wasn't used to having anything coming in mail or someone telling me use fax. I, I, I think the last time I saw fax was when I was a teenager, or maybe okay. even before that. You know? So those kind of slow adoption to technology, which all are rooted in change management, which all are rooted in um, kind of resistance or change management, uh, the, the balancing act between that. So where do you think lies, like this is the obstacle I feel, where do you think lies the solution to this obstacle? Because if this is a mindset shift, it won't happen overnight. So I want to divide this answer into two ways. One is the, the obstacle is twofold. Okay. One is the political leadership and commitment. And second is the professional uh, skill, professional uh, uh, you know, uh, collaborative approach. Uh, to working togetherness, these two things. So uh, let's say talk about the number one political leadership and commitment. You know, uh, the health always being a political football. Any government from Toronto to Bangladesh to India, all MP minister before getting elected, they always said health is our priority. We'll take care of all these things. But when they got elected, 
it's difficult to find the solution from them. The number example, you see the COVID-19, it came in March uh, vigorously attacking. And I have been advocating on behalf of ITMDs in social media like LinkedIn and appealing to the prime minister, to the premier, to the health minister, gave us a call. We are ready to support. As of today, I saw many things in April may happen in the media. And then after that, can you tell me if you consider how many doctors was get employed? I think answer would be close to zero. And if you ask how many police you recruit, answer would be 200. How many teacher? And so it would be 400. So imagine the, the most vital part. I'm not against recruiting police or school teacher, but vital is health professional. And you are not hiring them. So it needs professional political decision to do that. It's not even I, I, I'm witness of these things. I'm witness opposite one. Our international trained physicians or nurses, midwives, they're ready to serve. They're waiting for the call. We are not getting that call. That is number one. It's political decision required. Bureaucrats cannot do anything. Second is uh, uh, the professional uh, development or collaboration. You know, we all need to work together. As you know, uh, same will, you should not invent again and again. What we are doing, I saw all the colleagues are uh, competing for some funding for, uh, for getting some money uh, and then do their own research and then disseminate and publish, that's it. But it's not the total solution. We need to find the real-time solution. I think uh, we need to use the health informatics. As of now, so much uh, um, uh, things we can improve. If we compare even G8 countries, as Canada or Ontario, we are maybe fifth or eighth situation in the electronic uh, health record and uh, due to many reasons, maybe uh, privacy, data management also maybe issue, you know that. But I think uh, this is the time to uh, help professionals uh, work collaboratively. Like example, uh, my one of my colleague, uh, maybe you know, he is the champion, uh, Dr. Kareem, uh, he is working hard. Uh, he's also program director of EFT, down, EFT IHPME for um, uh, health informatics uh, uh, program program. He also working with the Ryerson to build uh, the artificial intelligence system to control the diabetes. Um, you know, one, one third of the Canadian are somehow pre-diabetic or uh, suffering from diabetes. It's a serious issue. So we have to, we are spending billions of dollars. Is is like kind of kind of silent tsunami going on. So it's it's huge impact. One of the example. And they are working, Dr. Kareem and his team working hard to being is, is through the uh, diagnostic and this kind of thing is through artificial intelligence. You can see the media. So I think this kind of thing, uh, we can innovate together. We can work together to scale up. Then we can address the issues. More importantly, you have to uh, utilize your resource, what you have. So if you uh, neglect year by year and decade after decade, then actually ultimate loser is our society. So we are, we are keeping people left behind. But on the other way, as a professional uh, public health expert, you know that uh, our mandate for SDG 2030 is no one left behind. But if we are scattered, uh, we parallelly work just our own, 
then it will be not only left behind, it will be lost behind. That's why I think the training Corona gave us exposed our health system. There is a scarcity of uh, uh, sufficient health professional to work, not only clinical practice, maybe public health. Public health should be more emphasized and international brain should be included uh, to address this need. And that's why you need a political decision, political commitment. One order from the prime minister premier is enough uh, to, to uh, make this happen because we have a trained manpower everywhere I can see uh, in Canada, in all provinces. It's easy to utilize them uh, so that people no need to wait for hours and hours and months for any service. So like example, again, we are mostly experiencing difficulties in school health, difficulties in the long-term care facilities. So you didn't need clinical practitioner. You need health promoter, health professional. Then ITMD or uh, trained midwife and nurse, they're the best person to train these, these people and they, if they have, they have a job. So you, you, with the political decision, you can have two things you can achieve. One is to save this, uh, this sector, another is helping people get a job. And to get a job means a stable family, stable income, and stronger economy, because they will pay the tax. That message I want to get out to the, to, to, to the authority that is win-win situation. But we are not uh, seeing that yet, but maybe we'll soon. Uh, I'm optimistic. Uh, maybe together we are stronger, and one day maybe government or, or sector people will understand this health force is a huge potential for us, for the country, and we need to involve them uh, so that everybody work together uh, based on corona learning, so collaboratively, and also adopt the new change. So uh, that is my hope. So, Thank you. Thank you. And I think what I'm taking away from this lesson is I think uh, one thing that the government of Canada had mentioned in public health and not just government, it echoes around everywhere that you go, is health equity. And this very much forms a part of being equitable. It doesn't matter where you have trained originally. If you can go through those certifications here in a, in a right way, in a safe way, with patient safety first, but there have to be channels to accept. And I think uh, I am with you for this cause. Uh, above and beyond 4.0, because as we know, a lot of uh, newcomers to Canada are researchers. We are we are different kind. We provide so many uh, solutions, and while we benefit from living in this country, and I think it's it's funny. My previous podcast was about India and my home country, and now this podcast is about my new country, Canada. So it's so yeah. interesting having you on this podcast. Thank you so much, Doctor. Thank you very much. It is also my privilege to talk to you and to, uh, to convey the message uh, so that we are looking for a positive change. Thank you. And if you are someone who knows an internationally trained medical graduate or if you are an internationally trained medical graduate, I have provided the link below. And uh, please feel free to give a shout out to Dr. Bhuiya. Thank you. Thank you. Please stay safe and healthy. You're listening to Health 4.0 Leadership Podcast with your host, Namrata Bagaria.